Hello, and welcome to the 157th episode of the Cue It Up podcast, the only podcast that comes with a money-back guarantee. I am your host, Jared. To my left is... Mikey. Nick. Eric. And we are the Cue It Up podcast. Guys, today on the show, we're going to be giving a, from what I understand, a very brief rundown of what we've been watching this week. After that, we're going to get into a very spoiler-filled review of The Conjuring. And in case anybody is wondering, we will not spoil or reference anything from The Conjuring 2. Uh, all spoilers will be contained to only the movie that we are reviewing. Uh, with that in mind, if you've not seen The Conjuring 1, please uh, tune out when we get to that part. Come back after you've seen it. Uh, the other thing I'd like to say is, why don't you go on uh, iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and give us a review. Google Play? Yeah. yeah. Are we on there now? forgot about that. Dude, yeah, like a, like a few months ago, I put this I on remember there. hearing that. Come on now. And um, no, I literally told all of you, and it's recorded on another episode. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. no, Mikey will explain to you later, not on the podcast, how to download our podcast. Oh, yeah. Do you have to pay for it on Google Play? No. Hmm. Can you can have we make to, it? Yeah. I, I'm sure we could. I don't know Wait, how. Charge, I don't know if we charge can, like twenty dollars and see if anybody just gets interested. I don't know if maybe we can we keep have, doing that uh, money back guarantee fan. though. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll have to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, yeah. have. I you'd have to Never go mind. back through every episode oh, no. and take that out. Oh yeah, Ooh. that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And that's You're getting off for free now, podcast land. Oh, all right, guys. Let's go around and talk about what we've been watching. Uh, I really don't have anything. Mikey, do you have anything? Oh, I got a couple things. Most right, of them good, I usually talk about. I think you're the about. only one. Curb Your Enthusiasm, of oh, course. And then, uh, and then uh, some Trailer Park Boys. Uh, watch a great episode in season you, seven. Did you watch anything? He means new. Yes. Oh, is that what it's yeah. after 157 episodes it's oh, changed now? I can't stand it. Oh, well. Oh, very well. I did watch... Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas also. That is a great film. And then... Uh, Why... Has that never turned on Netflix since we've been... I think it on? was uh, once, and then it hasn't been back yeah, on since. Why didn't you pick it, you dummy? Because I picked something... Mikey never... Because I never thought it was going to be there longer. He thinks it's good. Yeah. He, think, he generally picks movies that you will think are terrible. It's yeah. true. I do do my best. <laughs> it had to take him to, to go out of town before we could even do an episode on Jackie Brown. Yeah, that was That's awesome. true. Movies. That was true. Awesome. Uh, and I also watched Hustle and Flow, a great, which film. is on. Oh, it's hard out one there. Of the, it is yep. out hard out there. Which I know one of the dummies at this table has never even bothered to watch. It well, it's on Prime. Well, it's on Jared Flix also. If he oh, ever wanted, to I've watch been it. watching or I've been watching that on uh, Voodoo. I haven't found it yet. Yeah, not well, not cheap enough. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and that really is much just a phenomenal film. It um, is surprisingly it is. good. Yeah, it looked I, like nothing I would. Ever be yep, interested? Me too. In That's the thing. Yeah. It's only because you have gone on and on and on about how great it is yeah. and what he, an idiot I am. He may have set up. He may have set it up too high. For too high. Oh, okay. it, it's possible. I don't Probably think so. not. I doubt it. I don't. I did, what else did, I did he that do? With my I know. Buddy I've seen Jake. Some, uh, he, did, uh, he did the one with uh, Christine Ricci. Oh, Black, Black Snake. Yeah, I've seen Black Snake. Great film. Great film. It's better. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. It is a better film than Hustle and Flow. Anyway, all right, and the answer. That's it. All right. Nick, what about for you, sir? Mm. I watched a bunch of Trailer Park Boys. Oh, hey, there we go. Yeah, All right. Yeah, Finally, kidding. my plan's working. Uh, no, never, never. Um, Give me a rope. <laughs> uh, I mean, I watched some stuff, but nothing I haven't seen before. Right. Mostly nature documentaries. Oh, I did watch um, The Good Place Season 2 on the NBC streaming app. Is so, this the Ted Danson thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is okay. that show done, Because I know you were... No, it's still... Currently I, on air, actually. I, I watched in a couple episodes with you when you watched season one, uh-huh. and 
I just, even though I didn't know much about the show, even the little bit I saw, well, I really enjoyed. Yeah. But I didn't want to get into it because I thought at the time we talked about it and you were saying it sounded like it wasn't going to get picked up. Well, it's season two is playing on NBC right now. Okay. That's really all I know about it. Other than that. Hopefully yeah, it goes on. Uh, I'd like to get into that one. It seemed pretty I, I would like it to go on. I think it has a very real possibility of getting, I mean, they can only do so many stories with what they've set up. So I don't know. Um, the, one of the characters that was on there that, uh, the brief little bit I saw, I instantly fell in love with is one of the stupidest human beings <laughs> ever put yeah. to film, like to TV or film. Uh, I can't even tell you his name because it would be a spoiler. Uh, but yeah, there's a character on there that is literally the dumbest human being on earth. Nice. Yeah. Is it Mikey? Yeah. Very. Uh, it's Asian better Mikey. not be. Oh. Better not be. What? I haven't gotten a check Asian on the show. Oh, well, Eric spoiled it oh. for you, so we'll just leave it alone. Oh. I spoiled it for you? Kind of. How is that spoiled? Well, there's way to go. Him, you don't okay, know, well, I don't know. We'll, Whatever. We'll just leave it alone. All right. He's still leave it alone. Um, and where did you watch that on? Uh, the NBC streaming app. It's currently oh, playing. I, I do NBC. apologize to anyone watching the show. I didn't know pointing out his ethnicity well, you, was a spoiler. Well, it's the character. And so, uh, I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but... It only spoils like a very short term okay, thing, whatever. so it's not a huge deal. It's still still worth a watch. <laughs> yeah. Is season one on Netflix? It is. Yeah. Yeah, season one is on Netflix. Okay, cool. Uh, Eric, what about for you? Uh, I thought nothing, but then I remembered we uh, Nick and I did watch uh, a couple more episodes of uh, Ricky oh, yeah. Gervais That's podcast. True. I will say this too, Ugh. without a spoiler with Ugh. it, there is a moment in uh, one of the episodes where they're talking about what you would do if it was the end of the world mm-hmm. and like you know something you've always wanted to do. When Carl answers, Carl, uh, yeah. Pilkington. So basically, the show Pilkington? is if you're not, if you're unaware, it's if you know who Ricky Gervais is or Stephen Merchant, which most people are going to know Ricky Gervais. Stephen Merchant um, is basically his uh, friend and writing partner, and and uh, they were the creators of The Office. Um, but yeah, so it's like the two of them, they do a podcast and they had someone that they work with that they became friends with named Carl Pilkington, who's just one of the stupidest, most amazing people ever. Like when he speaks, he has a viewpoint that like, it seems like no other human has. He's he's amazing to like, when he, if, to listen to. Um, we always could, say he's either the dumbest person on earth or the greatest comedy genius who ever lived that it's never <laughs> never made it look um, like he's trying to be funny yeah yeah uh, it's it's amazing though but uh it, he's so so good that he basically has been spun off into two different shows if you ever seen uh an idiot abroad that's where they just send him to different um locations that he's gonna hate he doesn't like to travel uh, he doesn't want to experience new things, so they just oh. send him to uh, like India and a bunch of other places. Sounds, Sounds like a smart guy to me. Yeah. And then me um, uh, there was another show that's basically the same thing called The Moaning of Life, only that one was a lot less mean-spirited. Yeah, uh, he got it was to go, more like Carl actually doing what he wanted to do. But still traveling around. Um, but yeah, the podcast uh, is basically they just ask Carl questions and then laugh and make fun of Carl for his answers, and it's amazing. Uh, and HBO did an animated series of it. But in this last episode that we're talking about, when they asked Carl his answer, I don't know if Nick and I have... I know I haven't. I don't think I've laughed that hard. We were almost throwing up. That's how hard we were laughing. It's been a long time since I laughed that hard. (laughs) I wasn't ready for it. I thought I was going to have to take Nick to the hospital. (laughs) Like He was out of breath. Like He he almost passed out. I did watch a little bit of that with you guys uh, last week after we were done recording. It, It was very funny. Uh, his answer for 
What would he do if he ever met his doppelganger? Was, <laughs> was pretty interesting. Where but, he goes? Well, how would I know which one is me? Yeah. <laughs> which one is me? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much sums him up. Yeah, right that's pretty yeah. good stuff. <laughs> All right, anything uh, else? That's it. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I think we're very light, so let's just uh, get into the conjuring. Okay, let's go. All right, the movie that Mikey picked for this week is The Conjuring. I believe it came out in 2013. It is currently running an 86% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It had, was made on a budget of $20 million and pulled in $320 million. I was going to say, I know this was one that was a yep. huge success compared to the budget. Yeah, it did. It, was, uh, it had lasting power on top of it. It opened at $40 million and then it, it kind of stayed there for a couple of weeks before it started to die. Most movies lose like 60 or more percent uh, second week and then onward, but this one really had lasting power. We're not going to go into it, but it, it was such a, like a, you know, a success money-wise that not only was there a direct sequel to this, but they also did a cash grab uh, <laughs> spinoff as well. Which, which I is, still haven't seen, yeah, thanks I've to seen you guys. It. I've seen it. It's not good. Why? Because we convinced you that yeah. it would be a bad idea to spend right. your money to see that I mean, movie? I, for once, I've actually listened. We're talking about Annabelle, by yeah. the way. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Not Conjuring 2, Yeah, we're, we're not going to go into this, the story specifics of Conjuring 2, but I know that the people that I've talked to that uh, were fans of Conjuring 1, everybody liked Conjuring 2. I did. I did. I, I, did. I don't remember any of it, but I do remember liking it. There's one specific part that I just think is mind-blowingly good. Hmm. Uh, to me, it's worth watching the whole film for. But All right, guys, let's talk about the Conjuring 1. Let's go around and give our star ratings. Um, I'm a little lower than I want to be, but I will explain that as we go. I'm at four stars, Mikey. Five stars. Yeah, you know I don't like horror movies. So it's a five star. Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Hoping for a uh, I'm in the same boat as Nick. <laughs> it was <laughs> close. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as Nick. Um, I'll say four stars. Okay. Um, before we go into the things that we like, I am always constantly amazed at the surprising amount of names that Eric is able to hold. Can you tell me without looking it up the five daughters' names? Oh, this movie? would be amazing. Oh, no. Um, I mean, you, I literally just rewatched. I got a couple, so but I don't know too. Many. I mean, I we'll go into it more, but I'll I'll say the names that I can. But I'll preface it with this: one of the reasons I dropped this quite a bit is I was going to mention that there's too many characters that are not given enough time, so that I there's characters that are there that I visually know, but I don't even you know like have the time to even really get to know their names. Yeah. Um, it's like Game of Thrones level characters and like basically the equivalent of two episodes. Um, now let's see, we got, uh, oh my gosh. I can't even think, I was like, is the little girl Ashley? It's an A one. No, you're close. Hold on. Uh, actually there's two that are A's. My gosh. Here, let's, let's forget about it. If you're you're not, I I really thought he'd rattle them off. That's Um, what I thought was going to happen. Before I just went to go say it, I thought I was going to get three. So I thought I was going to get the oldest daughter, the one that um, that was left out, you know, in the car at the end, that was getting her leg pulled, and then the youngest one. Um, I didn't think I was going to get the the other one. I don't know, man. Uh, it always amazes me how you can remember every character. Yeah, in the movie. I don't know. I also uh, I have not gotten much sleep, so <laughs> I think that's right. going to factor into it. All right. Well, this uh, comedy skit has uh, definitely uh, dudded. <laughs> 
right? I, don't worry, I'll edit. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know their names in the movie. I'm just going to continue I, to make that joke every week. <laughs> no, I, I don't know their names in the movie, but I know all of the actresses' names. No, you don't. No, I don't. Oh, <laughs> come on, that was oh. going to be even better. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to blow my mind. Mine too. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Eric, uh, we went to you anyway, so why don't you start us off on things you like about the Conjuring? Um, as someone who's not a horror fan. Usually the biggest turnoff for me right away, even before it gets to shortcomings of plot and, you know, jump scares and everything else, is quality. Um, usually when I watch a horror movie, even ones that people are like, man, this is this is a classic, the, the quality always seems lacking compared to movies that I generally like, dramas or, mm-hmm. or um, even some comedies. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, it seems like it's you're always... You're left with a lower tier, and people just accept whatever's there as, you know, well, this is the best of what we have. When The Conjuring started up, and again, when I rewatched it here, like the first time I watched it, it did not take very long into the movie, where with some of the camera work and some of the other shots that were in there and other stuff like that, I realized this is a very skillfully made movie by people that care about yep. what they're doing. Even if it's not my typical genre, I knew that I was like, okay, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. Um, there's a scene early on where um, the family first gets to the house yeah. and the camera follows them around. Yeah, I love that um, shot. Which, again, I know we don't want to speak about it in two, but I, I will say this. That was maybe one of my first favorite moments of the second movie. There is a camera shot in there that I think is one of the best camera shots I've seen in a movie in a mm-hmm. long time. Uh, but, yeah, this uh, immediately upon watching this, um, just the way that it's set up and the camera work and in – uh, the acting, even even from side characters in this, is fantastic, I think. Yeah, the characterization, the portrayal, uh, it all works very well, especially with the five daughters, which could very potentially be an, an annoying characteristic of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. Uh, you really uh, feel for them. The family unit as a whole is something, at least for me, I don't know if you guys had the same reaction, like, the solace that they find in each other is the the heart of the film. Well, it, it the really movie works. wouldn't work without it yeah. because you need to care for if this gets resolved for the family. Yeah, if you don't get pulled into worrying about what happens in game for this family, then mm-hmm. the the movie's not going to really do much for you. Yeah, um, and somehow they do manage to do that, even though I like I said they I do feel that they have maybe too many characters here. But um, they went they went for it, and also I also keep in mind when I'm watching a movie like this that this is supposedly based on true oh, no. events. No, 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 no. It's definitely based on a true it's story. Based yeah. on true events. <laughs> uh, I heard it's, it's more or less a documentary. Oh, story. is it? I, yeah. That's what I. Believe. This was. I thought some of that was real camera footage. Oh, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, very high definition. Yeah, very high def for camcorder 1960s. film from the sixties. Yeah. You know. Uh, never mind. We'll wait for that. But yeah, no, I. Uh, instantly like basically opened me up to seeing if I was going to like the story, which I did. Um, I really like the separation that happens between having these two groups come together. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Ed and Lorraine characters. I know you're extreme fans of their, uh, you know, marriage dynamic. Oh my goodness. They did this. (laughs) The scene when uh, she asked him, uh, do you remember the thing that you asked me the night that we got married? His mm-hmm. response to that is one of the most endearing, comedic, character developing. Well, it's not it just is that. A, it's a perfect line. It's not just that. I think that line alone 
wouldn't be as nice with that scene. It's the look where she acknowledges it as a yes. Yeah. But then that's not what I'm talking yeah. about. Like kind yeah. of like she gives a look. She doesn't give a look of like, oh, stop. Yeah. She gives a look of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you did that too. Yeah. yeah. Then, but that's not what I mean. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's I think, the part that really makes, like, it's stuff like that that shows you the dynamic. Their dialogue together, um, the way that they interact with each other, uh, the the people that they got to play them. Patrick Wilson he's is the only he's bonafide, fantastic. as far as I'm concerned, he's the only bonafide movie star that's come around in since the 80s. Um, oh, can you think of somebody that. else that's a bona fide movie star? Leading man movie star. Definitely. I'm Who? So, come on, man. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, Leonardo I'm DiCaprio. Sorry, no. uh, oh, DiCaprio, dude, I'll give you. I will yeah, give you. That's true. DiCaprio's a, a bona fide movie star. I'll give you that. Uh, Tom Hardy has been in some good films, but I'm not buying that. What about someone that started be, being a leading man? I he's guess. not a Harrison Ford, and that's what to okay. me Patrick Wilson uh, is. I don't know, man. I don't know. I well, defend Tom. Well, Hardy. you just said movie star. You didn't but say whatever. leading man. Because I, I think of two different things. Like when you're saying like, I don't know. Like leading man. If you're if you're wanting someone like you just basically said like Harrison Ford. Like if you're wanting yeah. someone who can fill that like Han Solo type role. Yes. That's different. If you're just talking about someone who can be an amazing talent and lead a film like solely by himself. Um, now he was around in the eighties, but he didn't make movies like that. I mean, Tom Hanks. He started. What was it around yeah, uh, Philadelphia? Tom which Hanks was what, from the nineties. Yeah, but you said since the eighties. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I, I feel like that's a generalization to make. I love Patrick Wilson, but he's like amazing. Patrick Wilson is not the end all be all. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. He is the end all be all. It's pretty awesome. Why don't you yep. pick his other movie? It's still on Netflix. Evan. I haven't even seen it. That stretch or whatever. The limo one. Have you not seen this? Nope. It's been on Netflix for like I think forever. I'm busy man. Oh, I'll okay. be honest. I can't even think of like more than two movies I know that uh, he's been he's in. Been I know. Tons of stuff. I know Watchmen in this one. Yeah, the young adult. Never seen it. He was no, in that he, space movie I watched that was real weird. I've seen him in a few. I mean, I, don't know. I know what you do in the eighties. Hmm? What did he do in the eighties? No, no. no, he oh, said, "Oh my goodness." My. Let's just move on. <laughs> what the heck, man? Uh, I, yeah. The heck are you two talking about? How you got up. that, I don't know. I was keeping up. Sure. He said since the 80s. He oh, said he's the only the bona fide 80s. movie star to come along since the 80s. Leading oh. man movie star. Oh, well, you need to start putting your stuff to where I can understand it. I, know, I shot you down immediately with DiCaprio. So okay. DiCaprio, I will I will give in on that one. Di- DiCaprio is awesome. All right, let's get back to uh, The Conjuring. Something you said earlier, which was the camera work. Um, I agree. As a matter of fact, I think part of the problem with horror films a lot of times is I feel it is the genre where lazy people go to work. Um, And quality really stands out in the genre because when the odd person that comes around that knows what he's doing and then tries hard at what he is doing, it really sets itself apart. That's why a guy like James Wan... Who is the, I believe, writer director? I know he's director. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's the writer. He's a writer. But, um, his movies stand apart uh, in a genre full of uh, mediocrity. Like, uh, specifically talking about the camera work, like, there's a call. I mean, we could, we could point out many scenes of this movie that are benefited and better because of it. But you take the part where, uh, I don't know, uh, Elaine Warna, Warren's. Is that what yeah. is? Oh, my. Um, Ed, no, it's Lorraine. Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Lorraine Warren. 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 Warren.
and Lorraine. Eileen Warnos was a serial killer. That's what was confusing my head. Um, The part when she's like in that wall and then she falls through it. The way that that is filmed is so dizzy and it's Doesn't so the camera well done. Look at her, and then as she falls, the camera just points straight down, and you see the fall. Like yeah. she's going from uh, from above. Yeah, and it kind of like does the, this the, quick well, turn thing. Tilts. Yeah, I was gonna say um, I wasn't thinking about that one specifically, but there's multiple times where like a door is slammed mm-hmm. or thing like that, where a camera is basically behind a character. And you're seeing it, even though it, you know you still see the character in the shot. So it's yeah. not like it's you're there. It's not like you're their eyes as the camera, but you're looking the same way the camera uh, the person is. And a door would slam, and the camera follows them behind their back yeah. to the other one. And then sometimes, if it just did that too, that seems simple enough. But I seem to like remember there were shots where the camera would turn, mm-hmm. but instead of just turning, it would end on an angle. So it yeah. gave you an off kilter yeah. like queasy kind of I love the part when the little I forget which one of the girls but the one girl looks underneath her bed and it gives you that upside down look and then she goes upright and the camera kind of follows her upwards so good and you know the movie like that's what I'm talking about not only is the camera work just inventive and therefore kind of entertaining to me it might not be to your average movie goer I don't know but um, the movie is scarier because of intelligent choices made. Absolutely. The specific shot that I can remember that cr- increases the tension much more than if if somebody had just, you know, pointed a camera and shot. Uh, the first time that you hear that banging up against the cabinet and the way that the camera slowly creeps into the room as the door moves, yeah. uh, at revealing a little girl kind of like, I don't know. What do you call that? Like, not bouncing. like Just hitting her head on the... Slowly but methodically. Yeah. Uh, that... That shot is just creepy. Creeped me out. Man. Yeah, very much so. Mikey, you're the camera work guy in this uh, podcast. What do you think? Dude, what, about that specific one? Or well, just, just the about camera the camera work? work in general. My favorite camera, or my favorite shot, he kind of alluded to it, but when it's at the very beginning, and they're all getting there, and when they start up on a camera crane, mm-hmm. and then they go in, and it, like they never cut, and it lowers down. Yeah, they and go I guess underneath. The cameraman the, gets uh, off and yeah. go under the, the couch as yeah. the yeah. like, and then go all through the house, and it's all one cut. It, it, I, I just I love that. Like, and I it's that it's not out. just the camera; it's also the fact that you have to plan a scene out like that when you're doing it, where you have actors waiting to step into the frame on cue. Yeah. Um, People really, I, I, I know that we, um, we're we used to this kind of stuff, so like we notice it. I think you, like a lot of average viewers, they may notice the camera. But what they don't think about when they really think about it is that all this, the stuff that is waiting on the wings to make that line up perfectly, these people aren't doing random things. They're doing exactly yeah. what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do. And the coordination to have that all done, like it, it's a level... That you do see, I mean, you see, we saw it in The Godfather when we mm-hmm. do. Obviously, I'm not saying this is The Godfather, but when 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 you're more than just, hey, we have some lines we want to get out and we're going to point a camera at it. When you really like take the time to schedule and plan and 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 even small shots, it just shows how much you care. Yeah, very much so. Um, all right, uh, anything else from you, sir? No. Um, I even though this movie does have a lot of jump scares, which. Not not as many. It's Actually, not as many as I expect. From okay, a movie it's not like as that. many. But, I also don't feel like they're very cheap. Like yeah, a lot of movies yes. have just cheap jump scares that don't that, scare me at all. Let this, me the jump scares in this one actually do get yeah. a like little. Let bit me of jump let out. me observe something about it because I think that this movie does jump scares better than any other movie 
I've ever seen, and it's for awesome. a very good reason. Um, the thing that you have to do with jump scares is you have to strike a balance. If every time there's a jump scare uh, and you lead up to it, then the audience just becomes immune. Right. Um, if you only have the creepiness and then a jump scare never happens, the audience learns that, oh, they're not going to do it. Yeah. This movie has so many moments of high tension that diffuse naturally and or then um, have the jump scare that the audience never knows what to expect because the jump scare can happen because they've proven that they will do it, but it's only about one out of every four times that it can happen, and that is the... It always creates a sense of tension in the audience because they have proven that they will deliver on a promise when they want to. So, for instance, like... A jump scare that is a jump scare, but it's not your typical. Now they have some of the typical ones in there. They have the character thinks they're safe, turn around, and you don't see because of the way the camera's pointed yeah. and the camera changes. There's a ghost or whatever, you know, there, demon there. They have those. But then there's jump scares that are not typical that like really catch me off guard. Like um when the the mom is downstairs in the cellar earlier yeah. on. And she goes to walk up the stairs and she says something like, Well, I'm just gonna lock you down here. And she the she way turns that thing hits her in the, the face. door uh. when it hits her in the face, like that's a jump scare. But that literally made me like reel backwards. Like Well, what's genius about it is really the way that, they, that either. Did they? Sort of. I mean, it's one of those I mean, things. You're in a high tension something. moment. Yeah. So yes and no. The other part that I think is genius about it is the way that it's filmed creates a sense of um, disorientation, which is brilliant because that's exactly the same thing that the character is going in. Because when it first happens, like I was like, wait, what, what, what happened? And you can't, by the time you catch up and you figure out that, okay, she's down the stairs, that's the same moment when the character herself is starting to become orientated again and realizing that she's fallen down the stairs. That is just, it's genius, man, the way well, that it's done. Well, and it ups done. the stakes because... You knew something was amiss earlier on. Now you're back down in that area. You know something. We, you know, we're even shown as the viewer that no person, no draft, no nothing could have closed that door, yeah. um, in that way. So that that sense of fear that the character is having is like it's embodied in you now, like watching it. And now you need to get back up those stairs, and you yeah. already just saw it. So it's like the the stakes ramp up. Um, they're, they're, I don't know. They even before stuff gets getting, uh, starts getting crazy, uh, when you know chairs are upside down on walls and you know on ceilings and stuff. Uh, when they first find that uh, that cellar, mm-hmm. um, generally in a movie like this, I know I'm about to watch a movie where there is going to be a haunting, so I know something is is amiss. But even if I didn't, when a character goes down into a cellar or something like that. It's not that scary to me usually. Even when oh, they try really? and make it scary. I'm saying normally. Okay. This one, I'm literally like when I'm watching it, even a second time around, I'm going, don't, don't, bring a flashlight. Bring like, Here. like I literally don't want to walk, even though I'm safe in my room with the lights on, I don't want to be a part of walking into that cell. Again, this is another so perfect scary. moment uh, to talk about jump scares because the husband, um, I always think of him as office space guy. Yeah. Ron Livingston, uh, Peter. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure his name is Office Space Guy, but pretty sure it's Peter. Hey, Peter, man. Was he wearing um, any flair? In this, uh? <laughs> yeah. um, oh. So when he goes downstairs and uh, the, the the six women stay upstairs 
and they're all kind of like like crowded together and looking at the camera. That to me is where the normal horror film has a cat jump out or something like that. Yeah, that's Instead, what I was he kind of goes down and goes, you know, there's just really a bunch of old right. junk. Well, what, you it, know? what what it does is the match goes out, and then you tense up because you're watching a, a horror movie yeah. and you're waiting for the match to come back and something to happen, yeah. and it doesn't. Yep. The match comes back and it's... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's the fact that the filmmakers ha- are showing that they will create tense moments and not do anything that leaves the audience in an imbalance, never knowing what... You know, it's not a... Because f- it most... It's kind of... No, I shouldn't say that comparison. Uh, let's keep it to horror films. Um, you know, if the audience thinks every single time there's a tense moment, it's going to end in a jump scare or something terrible... You start to... Loosen up because you know yeah. what's going to happen. In this movie, they you know you just they just won't do yeah. the same thing twice. Um, and you said something else that I was going to comment on. I can't remember. So why don't we go to Nick and while I'm thinking about it? All right. I also enjoy that they never do like the joke scare thing, like you said, like the cat. Yeah, it always bugs me. In the yeah, absolutely. It's such a cheap, stupid trick. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cinematography was the first thing I was going to bring up. I think mm-hmm. this movie is undoubtedly beautiful. Yeah. And the camera shots are amazing. The um, every time it comes in and out of a scene, uh, that's some, that's the kind of thing that can be lost because they're not really necessary. But the way that this movie does it, where it has the weird, and I, I again, I'm not, I'm not up on. Uh, what shots are called and stuff like that, but they do that thing from Jaws where the camera physically moves in, but they right. uh, pull back on the um, like a first person point of view. Yeah, thing. it gives it weird uh, forced perspective. Right, like, you know the shot that I'm talking about? No, I'm no. trying to figure out. What well, you're... every time they kind of come in and out of that house, when they come in, there's a weird shot. When they leave, there's a weird shot, and somehow it adds to the mood. Little things like that can be really lost because, again, they're not necessary, but it it really adds to the sense of dread that this movie has. You know, one thing about the look, too, not just, like, this isn't just a camera thing, it's just the general look of this movie. Because, like you said, this movie does look beautiful. That scene when she's outside doing the, um, like, pinning pinning up the laundry and the storm starts to roll in. Mm Is it's amazing? Like out for an outside work, like it's amazing. It looks looking. amazing. I and it also kind of tricked me because I was like, "What are they going to say that like the ghost is controlling the weather now?" I was like, "This is a bit much." But then the sheet like falls on the hits the. <laughs> oh, oh that's so that great! Is, that is one of the creepiest and, moments. Yeah, and then movie. hits the window and blows away to reveal the ghost staring out yeah. the window, which is awesome. Um, that was a really great shot. Um, to me, this movie is the Warrens. The, yeah. the Warrens are. Absolutely fascinating couple. Well, and there's so much well done stuff there. Yep. First off, they're they're superhero ish. They're yeah, they're they're like the ultimate experts. But then they get I a situation that they're because not. Because then yeah. when they get in a situation where they are in over their heads, you're yeah. like, Wow, this is bad. Yeah. Um also they're skeptical. I think that's pretty smart. It's a uh, it's a genius. There's that very yeah. small scene early on where they tell they show the people that their house isn't haunted, and they right. say most of the ones we come to is yeah, yeah like you know like it's just it, it's usually illogical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, there's really good characterization with them. Another moment with Ed Warren that I think is fantastic characterization that you don't need to put in there. <coughs> But it, it's great. Like it, Again, you need these little quick moments when you're dealing with a cast this large and you have a two-hour movie. Um, when she says, we need to help this family, and he goes, 
all right, he goes, I'll start with the Chevy. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, just yeah. that little thing of like, you know, well, I'll go do, a, I'll do, I'll go do. A man's man, yeah, As man. a man, I'll go do the thing that I can fix right um, now because I can't fix this other mm-hmm. thing. Weirdly, yeah. one of my favorite scenes is when he's fixing that car and talking to Ron mm-hmm. Livingston. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, whatever. Perrin. Roger. And he's talking <laughs> to Roger over the car. Yeah, and, office space guy. And yeah. explaining, you know, what happened with his wife and stuff. That scene is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, where it's like. Not a scary scene. Doesn't have all that much to do with the plot, but it's just really good. It's really, really good to have stuff. the two uh, patriarchs yeah. of the film kind of have a powwow, essentially. Yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, oh, my goodness. I keep losing threads. There was something know. you said that I was going to come back on. And I've lost it I again. said I was talking about them being specialists, them being skeptics. Who knows? I can't uh, also got nothing. The film. It was probably going to be comedy gold. So. Yeah, probably. But, pretty, pretty sure it was. But the, mm. Between them being specialists and skeptics, mm. when they get in this situation where obviously they this is real yeah, and obviously this is worse than anything they've ever come across, it uh, makes me feel that too. So it's cool. Um, I was going to say the special effects in this movie are darn good. Well, and the um, limited amount that is used. Yeah, they don't overdo things. Um, even like the, but even the one thing that I always think is really hard to pull off, which is like when the mom is downstairs and flying across the yep. room and hitting stuff, looked pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could even point to that I was like, eh, was the birds. Uh, especially that bird that kind of flew in the window. It looked a little like uh, something from a Mary Poppins movie or something. But you know, one of the only things, and it's around, it's it's when the thing is uh, stuff is flying around. The only thing that bothers me is in terms of uh, watching the the action special effects of it when she's upside down on the ceiling. It's mm-hmm. not any of that. It's when she gets dropped. If if I'm to believe that she's possessed, right? Mm-hmm. And this thing wants to harm her and wants to harm the family. Now, not kill her because it wants to still use her for her purposes, but wants to harm her. Why does it turn her around so that she doesn't land like she's completely upside down, falls straight down. But at the last second, the the thing tilts so she lands on her side and not oh, on her head. I like, thought it was trying to break the chair so she could get free. Yeah, but it's just like the even if that is what it's trying to do, I think the way that the wire work and the camera like goes for it, it just looks a little off for a second. It's not a big deal at all. It's just one of those things in a movie where so much of that kind of stuff is flawless. It's a it's a scene where I remember both times watching it. It kind of just bugged me a little bit the way it looked. Um, yeah, but that chair going to the ceiling is pretty. Yeah, awesome. going to the ceiling was that great. Was cool. Uh, a lot of times in bigger budget. I don't know if I can call this movie big budget. It's twenty million. Twenty million. But- medium budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for horror film though, that's getting that's pretty up high there. for horror film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the big spectacle third act is usually the most problematic. Uh, and I don't find that in this movie. Um, as a matter of fact, to to me, the greatest strength of this movie, uh, as far as the storyline with the family is the fact that you actually understand and care enough about their family that the pivotal moment of this movie hinges on it. Yeah. I mean, and it's a powerful scene, and it too. is a powerful scene when she remembers back to their time on the beach. Uh, the composer has done his job, and he has created a theme that has gone throughout the film that brings you back to that mindset. And I actually found myself getting teared up during 
It was probably just dusty in my house. I'm, I'm a man, man. I'm so a man. I did yeah, right. That's about. right, Mikey. Oh, um, yeah, is that what you, it was? Do you want to know the most brilliant part of that scene? Mm. Is the way that scene is set up, uh, she is trying to kill this girl. She she ha- She's ready. I think she has, what, the scissors in her hand right yeah. there? There is absolutely nothing stopping her because... The way that she went through there, she is now trapped alone with that girl. Other people are near her, but none of our other characters stop. can stop her. Yeah. So the tension ramps up so high because every it's it's do or die right there at that moment. And it's set up beautifully. Like the, You're still allowed to have the other characters interact, but no one help in a physical way other than they lay their hands on her. Yeah. But at that point, it, it's, it's all the... Reading out of a Bible, everything else that you want to do, throw in holy water, it's it's no good anymore at that point. It's it's it becomes down to the mother saving herself. Um, now, it, you know, you could say that it's set up to that point where you know they they had performed far enough into the exorcism that that was, a, you know, an available option to do. Mm-hmm. But it, it just for some for a character where like you know a family that's being taken over, an exorcism is nice, but it's like a a deus ex machina almost like it's it's a it's a it's solving their problems from things that aren't them like if if both the mother and father have nothing to do with the actual removal of this demon then it's gonna feel weak as a you know as a as an end game justification the fact that it ultimately comes down to her pushing the demon out of her own body um that's what makes this movie by using elements that have been set up prior to yep. the uh, movie's conclusion. Um, it makes it feel earned. Yeah, very uh, much so. Ed Warren during that scene is really cool. So yeah. I watched it again today, just the, the end of the movie, but yeah. that scene. And I realized that through that whole part where they're all like trying to reach her, he is orchestrating everything. He's like telling, um, you know, Roger to, you know, talk, you know, try mm-hmm. to pull her out. Yeah. And then he like gets to a point and then he tells his wife like, okay, now get her. And that's when she like puts her hand on her and reminds that it's, that's a fantastic scene. It's it just is. really good. Well, it's yeah. him working with his only options at that point. Right. They, he, she, he's, uh, you know, too big to fit through that hole. He can't physically stop her from doing it. It's just throw everything that you have left. Like yeah. on the table. Uh, that actually reminded me of something else. The way that this movie, how can I put this, uh, maps out this house in your head so that you're never confused about where you mm-hmm. are yep. is pretty impressive. Yeah, the la- your, the the geography. That's yeah. something I always talk about with action films, mm-hmm. that an action film is made or broken by the uh, viewer's ability to know the geography of what's going on. And I think, actually, in a horror film, it's quite important, too, um, if you know what's behind the corner is the girl's room, right. then uh, the audience feels less uh, lost in that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Especially considering in horror movies, people tend to run in a very fast panic state. Yeah, and nobody ever, nobody ever really does anything very stupid in this movie, Yeah, which is like a horror standby. Um, um, there's only one thing and it, it's not stupid because it could you could see someone in that situation really making that, especially when you're... Um, when things are um, on edge and you're not thinking straight. The the only thing that bugs me is that it takes him so long to when she falls through the wall to even check the... Yeah, the, that part the, bugs the, me. The, the cellar. Yeah. Do you guys know what he's talking about? 
Yeah, I he's do. like knocking. It, there's a cellar. They know there's a cellar. Why is he? And there's no out? sound coming from that wall. If if you're hearing right on the other side of the wall knocking or moaning or something, that part then has you can spend me. more time there. Yeah, but he when doesn't know if she's conscious yes, or that, anything like that. He's not well, the only person a, in the house. Here's the someone can go check that cellar while this is going on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I will say that in defense of that, that house is built on the ground okay so like when they're under the house they're under the house the only part that goes any deeper than that is the cellar so i mean i could see that maybe he wouldn't assume that she fell all the well, way into and the like cellar I said, when the rest of the it's house a panicked situation part. you're not sure. thinking straight so that i'm okay with it but it does bug me that they take that long to go send anyone because they don't send anyone into the cellar ever it's only once she makes a noise down there that they finally go oh and they like run over there. Um, yeah. I feel like in that situation, someone in that house, be it, you know, Brad or like you know, like someone. the cop, or like I'm saying, like or the other guy, like somebody would have gone uh, and checked. Asian there. Joseph Gordon Levitt, as I like to call him. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Hey, it's Asian JGL." That's, that's JGL. All right, Mikey. What about for you, sir? Well, I think you guys have pretty much hit everything. The one thing that I haven't heard anybody say um one of the things i thought was really cool and i was paying attention last night and i happened to notice this is the way that they actually they have like a parallel story between the family and then the uh the warrens Mm -hmm. and then i i just thought it was really cool how those they were parallel and then all of a sudden they just kind of merged together you did okay well i mentioned about everything then (laughs) um we we left mikey nothing we don't don't want to have to agree with you on anything i didn't say too much on it but yeah i said that they had the two stories that like uh of the two different groups that come together well in the way they merge like it's really cool because i mean you don't normally see that and that's the cool thing is you think you're seeing that and then they start way you know kind of close to where the warrens are at and then they zoom up to where you can see you know uh the parent lady but it gives you time to have scenes with the Warrens that are not affected by the events of what's going on in that house. Right. So like it gives you more time to like establish their relationship, mm. um, which I think is needed. Cause like sure. if, if, if you don't, if you do that earlier, if you bring them together earlier, then that whole dynamic with the Warrens completely changes yeah. and it becomes uh kind of game time uh, at all times. Well, um, sure. So like the fact that you get to see them kind of in a more, downtime state and like living a more normal life talking about past events yeah i think is like it, well it, it the makes it better off for when it ramps up later have everything they have to have everything happen to them too so that yeah. way you know but yeah i mean it, it's smart though because it, it'd be very easy for just you know have the superhero ghost hunters just waltz into the mid- middle of this well, movie and not really even explain who they are exactly right. i was gonna say yeah i didn't even think about it until you were just saying that it, so in a typical movie <coughs> you would see the family up until the points to where they need to get these other characters right. then you would have them go sit at the you know the little uh university class that they uh classroom that they had <laughs> and start to in- introduce those characters and then you're trying to rush in all of a sudden information about who these people are yeah. to make them uh, believable and, and, you know, justify why they need to be there. The fact that you set that up beforehand means that when it, when the tension starts to ramp up later on in the movie, you don't have to waste time setting up stuff that you don't, it should have already been set up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it works well. Yeah. Agreed. I think they did a really good job with that. All right. So why don't we go into things that we uh, don't like about the film? Uh, Mike, you want to start us off? Uh, I, I'll start you off with, I'm, I can't. I, there's no. There's no. Well, I'll give you the easy me. one. The one that is to me, it's impossible to look past. All right. Let's um, hear. It. For 
throughout the film it's bad, but especially the beginning, Annabelle is a huge problem in this film. Uh, the look of the doll is stupidly ridiculous. And yeah, completely pointless for being in the movie whatsoever? Uh, yes. Agreed. I mean, he straight up tells us at the beginning of the movie that the doll's not possessed, I guess. Well, no. He says that the... He said that it's the... the vessel. Yeah. It, it's not that it's not possessed. It's that it's it was p- basically possession... Uh, didn't he... S- I forget what they say. Well, he, he, is he exercises them like, out of yeah. it and then puts them in there. But I guess Human. they can. Okay. Right. I guess yeah. at the beginning he said the doll's not. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, it's, it's besides some good deal. camera work, the very first five minutes of this movie are so bad that I thought that I was not watching a good film. Well, it just feels like you're setting them up a completely different movie that never like or, or, or you know it never really pays off. In I, the... it kind of makes me wonder what the plan was there. Were they? I'm assuming that they were probably uh, James Wan probably was going to make a Annabelle sequel and yeah. then he did probably, you know, cause he got fast seven and all that, whatever happened. He didn't wind up doing it. They, the studio did it, ruined it. And then, so, you know, I think so, he was setting it wait, up for a sequel. at the beginning of this, you told us you hadn't seen it. I haven't seen that, but I, well, I, I know it's not, it's not good. Can I tell right. you my problem with Annabelle? It's not even the fact that those scenes are there. It's that it's set up in the beginning that Annabelle is not a ghost. Annabelle is a, uh, a a demonic presence, something that's never walked the earth as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what is is uh, inhabiting Annabelle. That it's the worst of the worst. And you, you basically set up that like Annabelle is worse than what we're going to see. Now, the events of what we see end up being worse uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the witch, if you want to call her that. Um, she ends up being a more malevolent presence in terms of the actions that we're seeing, but we're set up that the that Annabelle is actually a worse entity, that it's this thing worse than a, than a human. It's it's this demonic thing. So it kind of weakens it when you get to what we actually have that it's a witch who is sacrificing her child. It's still creeping. It's still bad. And I'm not saying that person, you know, that that spirit wouldn't be bound for hell or whatever, but. When you've already just told us that no, no, this is something worse, and then that's not used to really pay off in terms of the storyline that we're there is some almost TV plotting done here. Um, the, I, it's very interesting, and it does pay off, but and we won't go into that. But um, where uh, Ed talks about how she has her experience, uh, yeah. and they never explain what she saw yeah. and all that. That's the kind of thing that happens in a TV show that gets paid off later, and this seems to have been set up as a a series. Like, yeah. uh, you know, they just go to the next investigation. They go to the next investigation. Funny that you would say that. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's. Uh, what, I, uh, what they were. Well, I might as well now. Sure. All right. So, but I know we're not in things we don't like. But one of the things I yeah actually, we are. Oh, oh, are we oh yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I actually don't like about this movie is the title of the movie. I think it's a terrible title for this movie. Um, first of all, nothing's conjured, so whatever. Never thought um, of that. It also just sounds like every other title for every other horror movie I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where, when you guys said The Conjuring last week, I didn't even realize that I'd already seen this movie because I just assumed it was some <laughs> other title of a horror movie. Whereas, like this, <clears throat> excuse me, this movie is much different than most horror movies. Yeah, um, it's very obvious that whoever was making this movie was trying to do something very different. 
Um, so anyway, on a lark, I did a little Google searching to see if there was an original title. It turned out originally they were going to call it like the Warren Files. Yeah. And that actually that it was kind of the plan yeah. at the beginning was to just kind of show them working different cases throughout like a series. I think movies. that sounds great. It does, doesn't it? I'd yeah. love to see But that. would it have worked? I mean, if it was a TV <sighs> show, yes. Yeah, or, if it was like a yeah, series, yes. Would that have worked for a, a series movie? of movies? If you're going yeah. back and forth I between cases, that. I don't know. I mean, if they're all it's done see- by James Wan, I'd watch them. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, sure. yeah, no. If they were they, if they were separate movies, yes, that's not what we're saying. If you were doing that in one movie, if you're watching them work multiple cases, oh yeah, no, oh no, I don't think no. that's what they were. Oh, saying. I think they were talking they were about do, like, like so. You're saying like the Warren Files one, two, and three, like right? Yeah, because like I that. thought they were. I, I'm pretty sure they were going to do. Jan- well, yeah, like they wanted like to said, do Annabelle. That's why they other, put it in there. Other than having that Annabelle stuff in there, there's no point. There's no point if you're not going to do a series of having Annabelle in there. Uh, with the way that it's used, because you could you could make one argument, and you could say, well, it's so that while they're away, there's a danger to their daughter. But the thing is, is when that when the Annabelle is there and and you know is is being a danger to the daughter, it's not Annabelle. It's it's Annabelle and this witch. You see the witch; she's there in the room. Yeah, she's the room. Oh, but you have Annabelle. to set the room well, up. But and here's all the that. thing: so you don't need to have Annabelle to do that. If you're going to send the witch to that house via the 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 two lockets that they have anyway. Then you don't need to set up that character. That character, that Annabelle character, is only there to basically a show a creepy doll, and b uh, show that, that they've dealt with other crazy things. That they wanted to visually show you a scene that demonic stuff is real, I guess, like for the you know purposes of this movie, um, so that you can see other events. If that was your only thing, if that's what you were going for, then why not start with the exorcism where she saw something? And you I guess I mean? just show well, that they're so. If yeah. I remember, I don't they talk about that in the Conjuring two though? Don't they explain that? Because that's yeah. the way I again. Uh, but that's again, I don't remember. We're not and it's talking, inconsequential it's, yeah, to this film. Well, I get that, but I'm just saying. Like, I think that's why. I think that's why they did the Annabelle thing. I think. That's I, why I they think did. it's also. I think they planned on making this like a series, five parts or whatever it was, five movies. And they were going to pay each other one, you know, pay. That would it's intended to give credibility one. to the Warrens also because we're we're shown how bad Annabelle is. Then when we see the Warrens with Annabelle, Annabelle is contained. Yeah. So like I guess it's also there to just show that it's that you know makes sense. that it's like you know hey these guys are so good at what they do that they have this entire room of stuff that's like this doll. And yet they're all there and they're fine and they live in this house. Now yeah. that obviously comes back to bite them later. But I'm just saying, I guess it's supposed to just give them very quick credibility. But I feel like you, it's too. unnecessary. I it feel could. like the other stuff that was there. Well, I think that if... The, it if, feels just if, like wasted plot thread. I think that um, if James Wan would have done the Annabelle movie, you probably would have had that such a problem. But again, that this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But that doesn't affect this well, but movie. It, you it still have to work up, within but, the idea that you're making one movie. Yeah. Well, and I think they set up the room and they set up what they do and how they keep it. And it, like you said, it gives them uh, validity. It Why does the doll do look it. as stupid as it does? Because <laughs> somebody, some creepy guy makes all these and no, every uh, time, dolls. And, oh, yeah. Every yeah. time <laughs> in any of these horror movies. That's what I kept hearing at least. It looks creepy. Okay. It looks too creepy. Then you go look up the real, real life picture of whatever that thing is based on, and it's even creepy. Yep, because it looks like a strange young kid's doll, yeah, right. a real doll that somebody that doesn't look right. Yeah. It still has that uncanny valley, um, you know, creepiness to yeah. it. But it's even creepier because when you see when you see that, okay, when you see that doll in in this movie, 
it instantly takes away any credibility because I go, no human being would keep that in their house that Absolutely. isn't wanting to so this to happen. Yeah, and they're like, we're nurses, we help people. I that I I just I find it hard to reconcile that the people that made this movie put that scene in there and didn't go like this is a problem. Like which scene should, are you talking about? The, the first, first one, all first the one. stuff in the beginning. Um, I would add to that. That stuff with Annabelle again later in the movie and her daughter. There's no point of that scene. I agree. There's absolutely no point in that I, scene being in this movie. The thing is, the movie is working at that point. I because yes. I remember when I showed this movie to you guys when Nick when Mikey and I showed this movie to you two a little while ago. I was so afraid that you guys would in the first five minutes shut down because I was like, how how do you tell them like, don't worry, the movie gets better. Like well, this crappy part at the beginning. Uh, is not, uh, not addictive. Is. Uh, yeah. yeah, all right. This isn't going to be how it is. So and I'll me, say the first five minutes of this movie set it up to be very stereotypical yeah. horror movie. Yeah. Uh, a creepy doll. I mean, it's like a trope, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, very much know. so. Uh, that is the core of my four-star review. It's just too creepy. Because I, I was yeah. even going to give it four I and a half, and I was like, I can't scene. give a movie that has this glaring of an issue. I, I can take that, that scene. I feel like it's not paid off later. That's why I don't like that Definitely scene being there. Definitely is not. But I'm saying the scene, the quality of the scene, I don't mind. It's the fact, too, that during that scene, that doll, again, I'm supposed to believe this as a real believable story. I do not believe that those characters... If Now, if they're trying to be like, hey, look at this super creepy doll that we have, yeah. then it's different. That's not how those characters are portrayed. So it's like, I do not believe that people would keep that ridiculously over-the-top creepy of like doll there. Like I said, when you see a picture, of, I think we did look up after The Conjuring what the mm-hmm. actual doll is based on. It's much more <laughs> realistic looking, and it... It's like Raggedy Ann. Yeah, but that's it's. Oh, it even, is a Raggedy Ann. It's an old Raggedy Ann. Yeah, yeah, that's it's even creepier because it makes it believable. Yeah, I don't because know. it looks like a child's doll. Yeah, right. But slightly Off. wrong. Yeah, right. yeah. All right, that is the core of it for me. Uh, there were little nitpicks I had, but I'll let you guys keep going through yours. Nick, do you have anything else to add besides what you said? My big thing was. Honestly, I didn't even connect it to the beginning of the movie. I just thought that scene where they went back home and their daughter's being haunted. Yeah. Um, not only did it not pay off, which I agree. I mean, doesn't. Also, it kind of really makes you question the Warrens as parents because what do they do on. after that scene? They immediately leave their daughter yeah. again and go to help these other people. Their daughter know. is a problem for <coughs> the story. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I know that... Ed, Ed and Lorraine had a daughter. I think if I'm writing this film, I just say they don't have a daughter. But you need something. I don't, I don't know if having a daughter well, is a problem. You need something to pull them, them away re- because they, they get pulled away from the house. at, a, at Yeah, at a, but they didn't know that was happening. They were going home anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, they went home because she had the visions. That's oh, that's oh, that, true. That part, that's right. The part with the river, that is a that is a really good Yeah, they would not reality. have left that situation yeah, right. if not for the fact yeah, that she that had the visions creepy. that made them go back because they were worried. So, I still think it's weird that they just abandoned her at that point and you never see her again, but yeah. whatever. Um, I, everything else is a nitpick, and I'll just throw this one out there. I felt like they should have explained more of their equipment. I know that probably wouldn't be the most entertaining part of the movie. Yeah. The only thing they really explain is the uh, UV light thing, which mm-hmm. was kind of cool. But, like, um, I feel like they should have explained those cameras going off. A no, they did. More. 
they do in the moment of like, but their their explanation is like, it's not she's not setting them off. But we no 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 they they on. explain that before. Okay, go they ahead. say that they're they're uh, there's thermostats attached to the camera. Oh, do they? Yeah, they say there's thermostats attached to the camera, and they're rigged so that when there's a sudden drop in temperature, the camera goes. How off. did I miss that? Never mind. No, they absolutely. I, I, I take that, that objection off the table in that case. <laughs> Never mind. So the the yeah when the, when it gets it. cold from like you know, uh, All right, yeah. no, that then makes the camera sense. Is off. That yeah. makes sense. They absolutely. Well, in that, that case, my only objection is it was kind of stupid that they had to remind me in the moment that the daughter isn't setting it off. Fair enough. I don't know about <laughs> no, that. But nobody's going to call me out on that one yeah, since was... I didn't know it to begin with. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'll let it go. <laughs> All right, Eric. Uh, like I said, the three main things, the whole beginning sequence, um, the thing that we joked about in the early on too, the fact that this, as much as I like the characters that are there, there are so many characters that, yes, I get a good feel for generalizations about characters, but I don't, I don't even know characters' names. Like I, I, I knew. Yeah, that's that's how I watch every movie. Here. <laughs> yeah, that's not normally how I watch a movie. It it literally I I, I uh, didn't know their faces, what but else I didn't even to try right. to memorize their names while I was watching it because I go I'm not going to need this I am not going to need to know this yeah that, that's me with every movie well uh, I, I, I I really like the one, I disagree but really like the one daughter that gets haunted first I think her name's Christine she was in Fargo the series Fargo yeah uh, and I liked her in that which too. which scene are you talking about uh, the girl? one where she's getting pulled out of bed and then they okay. see the girl in the corner that, yeah yeah. yeah. The one, one in the bag. Short brown yeah. hair, no yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> I do know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it, just, just too many characters. The only other thing I have is kind of a nitpick, but I like the idea that there are multiple spirits. And, in fact, I really like the backstory uh, in the sense of when they pull out the map and they say that this person died and this person died and this person died and you realize that it was all once this witch's land. Yeah. Um, that I like. What I don't like is that you have these two, uh, other than the witch, you have two very distinct um, ghost characters in the house, but only one of them is is used like uh, multiple times, basically. You have Rory, the little kid. He's used fine. In fact, it's super creepy when he sticks his hands out of that uh, thing while she's blindfolded and, and claps. Yeah. Um, oh, that game is fantastically oh, scary. Oh, dude. When, when, he stick, <laughs> yeah. when you see two uh, hands that are not little girl hands come out and clap, uh, that's, like, super creepy. But, uh, I, I like, so, like I said, the Rory character was fine. Rory's mom, mm-hmm. she's mentioned... And then you see her later when she's got the 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 knife, and she's yep. like, "She made me do it." What other scenes are supposed to be that mom? What other ghost scenes are supposed to be her? I take everything else, all the malevolent stuff, as the witch. So like, there's also the nurse girl, or yeah, whatever. the nurse. Yeah. Like it's cool and everything that to it's have just like that a there. Pattern that keeps happening. But I don't. Yeah, I want them set up more. Anytime you're going to scare me with Rory, even though he's not malevolent, we don't know that early on, obviously. But I'm saying like. I'm fine with it because you 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 have like it's not just a one and done thing. When you just mention that the, the his mom and that because they mention you know when they're going through the again the history of what happened on the lands and they're looking into it and she's like yeah you know the the mom uh, killed herself down in the basement and her son was missing you know like uh, had gone missing in the forest I, I yeah. think she says um, like that's creepy enough but then like I said you you don't need to then show me that character. And have a scene with her, 
Like, it's only one and done Well, scene. they were trying to explain the, you know, she possesses the mother to get to the child. Yeah, thing. but then you should have had maybe another scene with... Not to get to the child, to murder to, the children. Yeah, yeah you no, should have no. had another scene with that mother ghost then, I think. Like... And to have that randomly, like, uh, you know, that, that nurse one where she's standing there and, like, it's creepy, but it just it just feels out of place. I don't mm-hmm. know. Compared to the rest of it. The other two uh, apparitions there are used multiple times and feel really set up, almost like they're characters. Even though they're not, you know, you're not having sitting down so, having conversations with them, but they feel like two more characters. The Those other two ghosts don't. They just feel like... One and done moments, like a typical horror movie, trying to scare me with makeup and blood, and I don't know, I, I can do without that stuff. What about you, Mikey? Any uh, any negatives? What? Do, oh, do we go already no, said. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, know. that was basically. A- oh no, no, I don't have any negatives. It's a great movie, five star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, two things I wanted to mention before we go. Uh, first is, do you guys know why this movie is rated R? Uh, I don't know because it's slit wrists, really scary, stuff. and that's it. Yeah, there is no cussing, there is no sex, there no is gore. no gore. There's slit wrists. That's there, not gore. there is slit wrists, but yeah. we're not talking about like With blood yeah, dripping. Blood. There is nothing in here that could not be in a uh, PG thirteen. I mean, you literally film. see cut open wrists, Jared. I mean, I don't know. There is nothing blood that would. They that they asked the MPAA. Uh, to give a clarification of why this movie was getting an R rating and not a PG-13. What could they cut? It was scarier a than a normal PG-13. So they, they said just... that it is too frightening that they no amount of content cutting was going to get them a PG-13 rating. I don't think that hurts a horror movie, to be honest. Do you? Well, so, I mean, obviously this movie did phenomenally <laughs> yeah. well. So I, To be honest, I think it did better being when if people would have saw PG-13, yeah. they would have gone... Eh. That's why Mikey, now, Mikey does that. Now. Mikey um, sees PG thirteen rated horror. Films I've and talked says no. to more than one uh, like hardcore horror fans who tell me that they don't really bother unless it's rated R. Or the PG thirteen ones are made for the uh, you know, the movie going on. To be yeah, honest, I guess, yeah. the fact I well, didn't I mean, really think about it. The fact because I've been I, I've basically said before. I don't dislike horror. I just don't see that many horror things that I actually right. like. So I don't generally generally seek them out. Because they've let me down so often. In terms of horror, uh, psychological horror or even paranormal horror or whatever are much more up my alley. I hate slasher movies. When when the scariness is focused directly on how gory the movie can be, yeah, it just loses me. The fact that this movie, while it does show stuff like blood and stuff like that, it does not hinge its all the scary moments on let me chop a head off right. or let me uh, rip guts out like. I'm not there. I'm not here to see or, those special. Or effects. even like, like I don't just care. being chased never really does a whole lot for me. Yeah, no, it doesn't no. either. I don't know. It's not in horror films, at least. Right. There's, there's only work, really but... one chase scene in this. It's when the mom chases the daughter, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Which is pretty short. Yeah. Though her unnatural feats that are real subtle in that scene, uh-huh. like the way that she goes through that hole. Oh yeah. Is creepy. She jumps through that hole pretty yeah. creepily. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that the movie got rate an R rating on the. Basis I think it helped of it, it so. being too scary. Being scary. Yeah. Uh, they need the to other... get rid of the MPAA. I'm well, sick of those idiots. You can't get rid of them. Yeah, you can. I mean, Half you the movies can. that come out nowadays don't even get rated anymore. 
They're like, what is, what's the what's the rule if it's going to be released in a theater? Oh, there's no rule, Mikey. It's well, I mean, if you make an independent film, you don't have to get a rating. No, Mikey, you don't have to do anything. A major budget film doesn't have to, but here's the thing. If you want to get released in theaters. That's right. Well, that, so it is a theater thing. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just stupid. I I can't stand this. I mean, you could not rate a movie, but that in and of itself is a rating. Is a rating at this sure. point. Well, yeah, yeah, they've done that. I mean, they do not rate it and all that. But. It usually implies that your stuff is bad enough that you didn't right. really get a label slapped on it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'd like to mention, it kind of goes into the good category, but I thought I'd save it to the end, is this movie is just unbearably dark, scary. The, the fact that, and maybe this again. I, I know I probably harp on this a little bit too much in the podcast, but it is. It's my life now. Um, <laughs> maybe me being a father, the story of a mother trying to murder her children really does a number on me now. Yeah. Um, I can say that because I know Christy won't listen to this podcast because True. it's a horror film. Yeah. So <laughs> even though it's not a uh, you know out uh, you know out in the country little like a uh, old older house. The fact that you're a homeowner mm-hmm. and you walk into a situation that you don't know previous uh, residency, yeah. like what happened there, does that like uh, add to uh, scariness sure. in your well, mind? Well, and also it's a one guy with uh, his wife and uh, daughters only. That scene specifically where he comes home and things are nuts. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he comes home in the middle of the night because yeah. he's like, you know, gets back, back from, from his his, long, his week long truck Jared ride. Jared can definitely relate because in the beginning he's like, I don't like you girls wasting food. It's expensive to feed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, but no, the the specific thing I wanted to mention is how cathartic the scene at the end is for me. Uh, not just the moment of you know Herb defeating it and. That scene when they get bathed in the sunlight at the yeah. end. And the, and the family's the, like elated to see each other. Yeah, and the, yeah. the two dads nod at each other. Like uh, It feels to me it's it's like a shower moment. Do you think that family has happy times all the rest of their times? Those Absolutely. Kids, those kids grow up no, like seeing even whether they think that she's fine or not. Oh, yeah, I did want to mention that, too. By the actually. way, I think they probably had a little bit of you know amnesia. They tired. lived wonderful lives. Yeah, they I forgot that one girl to mention remember this, anything. That's right. But I do want to say yeah. this, too, because um, it made me think of that. Look, I know she spit out the, the you know the spirit. You mm-hmm. saw the vomit, the the same color that came in go out. How am I supposed to believe that everything's okay and that that just just because she's she not was able to leave? Well, well, here's the thing: just oh, because she's inhabiting them doesn't mean that she's not like still around as a spirit and latched on to like. Well, she might be in the house for all we know. But they, they even before she was in inside the mom, they said you can't leave because the, this thing will follow you. True. So even if it's not inside the mom anymore, it, as an actual possession, why? Like, how am I to believe that they're safe? I feel like the wrap up is way too quick. It, you know, it is the, a little quick. It is a little quick, but I think that it is much better than the alternative of staying too long. Staying too long. Yeah. Um, I just. Like I said, it calling it a, a a bath is exactly what I'm talking about. Where it's, I feel that 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 ending scene, while maybe a little over the top, feels so good after just two hours of darkness and bleakness and all that. I just I love that ending scene um, outside the house. You know what? Also, I love that there's no tag on the end of the movie to be like. It's still there. Yeah, yeah as a matter of fact, yeah, I, you think that. they're going to do that, actually. And they don't. And they don't. Yeah. Huge, huge props. There's a uh-huh. horror film. I forget the name of it. It's 
got Ethan uh, Ethan Hawke in it, where he's a true crime writer and he goes to invest. He goes to write a book on a crime, but uh, come to find out, it, it's paranormal. So that throws a wrench in his true crime book that he's going to write. And I like the whole film, but it has one of those tags at the end, and it has forever altered my perception of that film. I don't like that film because of the ending shot mm. of it. Um, and the same thing here, except the opposite, where I'm, I remember thinking, please don't do the thing where it, bleh, and then yeah. the, you know, you go to your rock music, uh, right. outro, outro or whatever. or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Uh, instead it just has that weird spinning little thing. And then the movie just ends. I was like, man, these guys are so talented. Yeah. All right, guys, anything else to say about the conjuring before we go? Uh, not for me. All right. Now let's exercise this uh, oh, this podcast. Terrible joke. Exercise the demons. Terribles. All right, guys. Uh, it is my pick for next week. I'm guessing no one is surprised that I am picking The Godfather Part 2. Uh, so that will Sweet. be our movie for next week. And until then, you better cue it up.